Well, good morning from our house to yours. Today is Sunday, my favorite day of the week. Look so forward to this. And uh, here we are in Palm Sunday, just seven days before Easter. Can't wait. More about Easter at the end of this. But uh, today, I'm not bringing the message. Today, my daughter, our daughter, uh, Keisha, is bringing the message. And she's not new to Crossroads. She's not new to the Crossroads stage and speaking. Uh, but this is her first time via this whole live stream um, coming to you from her house to yours. So would you please give a warm welcome wherever you're at to Keisha, maybe. Good morning and welcome to Crossroads-ish. Like we're obviously not at the building or we're not really all together. I'm on my couch in my den with my fuzzy blanket and my coffee. And you're probably watching me like on your couch or on the bed still or around the kitchen table. And we're obviously still doing church a little bit different right now. And let's be honest, like this is really hard. This all is hard. There is so many hard pieces about this. And so many of us, Brandon and I were just talking about this the other day. There's so much loss around us right now. Some of you like are experiencing like really like your health loss, right? Or you have someone that's getting sick and you can't even go see them right now. Or some of people like are having people that are sick with the virus and they can't ever just stay with them by their bed and be with them because of the spread. Some people are losing loved ones in hospice care and at nursing homes and they can't even go visit right now. And there's a lot of loss in that. There's some of you, there's a loss of jobs and finances. Some of you had a file for unemployment. Some of you've lost your ability to go to work and you have to now work at home with your children, opening the door like every five minutes. Like just for, is it my, is it only my children or do other people's children do this? Where like my kids will have a snack that they need for me to open and they will walk past their father in the next room, walk past him sitting and go find me in the bathroom to open their snack. Like, like child, you just walked past your father to, to like right next to the next room. You just walked past him. Literally, you touched his foot as you walked by. And you're coming to find me in the bathroom? <sighs> but now this is like intensified, right? Because we have kids all the time around us coming in the door. And we're trying to work. And now the stress levels are high because now we have to try to school them some too while they're home. And then there's loss of normalcy and there's loss of vacations and there's loss of trips and there's loss of weddings and there's so many losses. Maybe you're in the middle of buying a house and now you can't complete that. And there's so many loss all around us. And the thing is, is many of us are experiencing different kinds of loss, but we are all experiencing loss. And sometimes that loss can lead to feeling alone or angry, or sad, or frustrated, or fearful, or forgotten. And it feels like this world is upside down and we're living in this wilderness right now because there's no expiration date on this. We're just literally in limbo. My son, who is my oldest, um, he is now, I guess, going to be a second grader, I suppose, how this is all working. It's so crazy. But he told me the other day, he's really adjusting. He said, I'm really just having a hard time getting used to being around the family all the time. I'm sure many of us can understand that, where he's coming from. And he said, sometimes I just don't feel heard. 
Ugh. Isn't it what our kids do? Sometimes they say truths like that, and it just is such a wake-up call, and it's such a humbling moment. And so I apologized to him, and I got to thinking, like, unheard sometimes equals unseen. And right now, many of us are in our homes and we feel unheard or unseen. Or maybe you're in homes and you don't feel valued in your home. Or maybe there's a lot of conflict in your home and yet you're in this wilderness of your home and you can't really go anywhere. Or maybe you are literally by yourself in your home and you feel super alone. Or some of you, you have people with you, but they make you feel alone. And there's this high intensity of emotion right now in our, in our world. And then we're feeling like we're in this wilderness and we feel forgotten and we feel insignificant and we literally feel like we don't have a lot of value. We don't know what's going to come of this and we feel fearful. And then when life is normal, we still feel those feelings, right? And there's this wilderness that we are in right now. And so one of the stories that we are going to dive into today is in Genesis. And we're going to start in Genesis 16. And it is about a woman actually in Abraham and Sarah's story. And a lot of us are familiar with Abraham, right? He is the guy that God promised to take his family tree and multiply and multiply and multiply and make it so many descendants that you couldn't even count them, that they would outnumber the stars in the sky. And so he literally at this point in the Bible, though, it was him and his wife and they have this promise of a great big family tree, but there's just one tree and no branches. And so the person in the story that we're really going to focus on is a woman named Hagar. And she enters into the story because Abraham's wife, Sarah, well, at the time it's Sarah. It's always confusing when they do name changes in the Bible, right? But it's always a little confusing. So anyway, Sarah gets upset because she, okay, God, you tell us this promise. Okay, and you're not doing it. Isn't it how we get, though? We like, why aren't you keeping the time we want you to keep, God? Why aren't you doing what you said you're going to do, God? Why aren't you showing up when we want you to show up, God? Like, we're just going to take it in our own hands, God, and do what we need to do. So that's what... Sarai did and she's like you know what like obviously I'm not gonna have kids so go and sleep with my maidservant Hagar go sleep with her because right that sounds like a great idea like it's it's literally like a Netflix series right like uh, it's like a brawl of the real housewives and I can see like the brawl of like in a barbecue or you throw a glass of liquid in someone's face like that's kind of what it feels like right now and so Abraham Abraham does it and he sleeps with Hagar. And Hagar becomes pregnant with Abraham's child. And as you can imagine, there's probably a lot of feelings surrounding this. Hagar probably feels a little proud that she's able to carry Abraham's baby. Sarai's probably a little envious of this. And so Sarai gets really upset and says that this, she starts to treat Abraham with contempt. She, I'm sorry, she starts to treat Hagar with contempt. Probably Abraham too, I'm imagining, right? So she gets so angry at Hagar and she's speaking harshly to her. She's putting her down and she's abusing her with her words and she's making it miserable for her. And Abraham's like, well, Abram at the time, again, the name change. It's like, this is your problem. This is your servant. You deal with her. But it becomes so much for Hagar. She's feeling abused and alone and forgotten and not significant. And this situation is wearing her down and she feels so worn down that she cannot take this anymore. So she bolts and she runs away into the wilderness. So she's in this wilderness. And you kind of think now with our situation too, like this battle didn't choose Hagar. 
I mean, she did not choose this battle. The battle chose her. We did not choose this battle right now, guys. The battle chose us. And sometimes that feels really unfair. And it makes for us to feel worse about what the situation that we're in. And so she is alone and she is broken and she feels so forgotten and isolated. And when she's in this wilderness, she is met by the angel of the Lord, by a spring of water. So she's in this desert wilderness by a spring of water. And the next part in verse 8 in chapter 16, the angel says to her, Hagar, Sarai's servant. I love this piece so much because this is a woman that was probably called a million other names besides her own name. And she was alone and feeling down, but she's called by her name. The angel of the Lord says, Hagar, Sarai's servant. He says her name and he knows her story. So now she's feeling a little bit more seen and known. I had a principal when I was in elementary named Mr. Palpit, and he was amazing. And he would call every kid by name. And he would always say, hi, Keisha, how are you doing? And I'd get older in junior high, he'd still say when he saw me, Keisha, how are you doing? Then he became the superintendent, and he'd still call me by my name when he saw me. And in high school, and I remember feeling so special and so important to him when he would call me by my name. And then he sees me out in public still, and he says, Keisha, how are you? How is Brandon? Because he knows Brandon's name. Not only that, but he knows the year I graduated and he knows the year Brandon graduated. How are the kids? Keisha, it's so good to see you. And he taught me the importance of being seen and calling people by their name. Because when we're called by our name, we feel seen and known. And it's like someone sees our identity. So the angel of the Lord is telling Hagar, Hagar, I see you. I know you. I'm going to enter into your story because I know what's going on here. And he says to her, I am going to give you more descendants than you can count. Whoa, hold up. Abraham just got this promise. But now God's giving this promise to Hagar as well. Someone that feels so forgotten. God is saying, Hagar, Sarai's servant, I'm going to give you this as well. This is my promise for you. He tells her to go back and to submit, which is kind of like, oh, why does God tell us some things to do that are so hard and uncomfortable? Like, I don't want to go back there. Like, I will do anything else. I will walk on a bed of needles besides go back there. But God says to her, go back, submit. And this is my promise to you. So she goes back after she is seen in the wilderness, after God shows up with water in the wilderness, after he calls her by name in the wilderness, she goes back. And before she goes back to her home, she says this in verse 13, you are the God who sees me. She then goes to name the spring of water, the well that she was near, Bir Laharoi, which means well of the living one who sees me. Broken, alone in the wilderness, isolated, fearful, insignificant. And she has a meeting with the Lord and he saw her, he knew her. And so she goes back. 
And now she has this promise that God has given her. And so now we come back and we're kind of skipping ahead to chapter 21 in Genesis. And she has this baby named Ishmael. And now now we're 21. And Sarah and Abraham also have a new baby named Isaac. And Sarah's like 99 when she gives birth. And Abraham's really old as well, like in the hundreds. And they have a baby named Isaac. Yay, yay. God's promises is coming through. But now Ishmael's like 14 what happens is Isaac grows up and they wean him and they celebrate his weaning with this big like party and Ishmael is mocking Isaac or so Sarah says and she says to Abraham in verse I believe it's 13 and 21 we're gonna start actually in verse 8 it says the child grew and was weaned. And on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. But Sarah saw that the son whom Hagar the Egyptian had born to Abraham was mocking. Oh, here we go with the real housewives drama again. And said to Abraham, get rid of that slave woman and her son. For that slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son Isaac. See, she didn't even call Hagar by her name again. Right? Hagar feels unknown and forgotten again. So Abraham's kind of distressed over this. But God said to him, do not be so distressed about the boy and your maidservant. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of the maidservant into a nation also because he is your offspring. So early the next morning, Abraham gets up, tells Hagar, listen, you got to go. Like you're not welcomed here anymore and take your son with you. Which, ugh, Ishmael is 14 when this baby's born, has all of dad's time. And all of a sudden, daddy wants nothing to do with him anymore and sends him away. Think of how forgotten and alone and insignificant Ishmael feels. So Abraham gives Hagar and Ishmael some food and like a, like a big container of water. I don't know how big it was. Maybe it was a hydro flask. I don't know. But it gives them one container. It's like, really, Abraham? Like, you couldn't do more than that? And he sends them out into the wilderness. They're homeless. So the first time Hagar runs away, the second time she's kicked out, she's not wanted. She literally is not wanted anymore. She is feeling broken and worn down and she is now put out. You're not welcome here anymore. So they walk around the wilderness, her and her son. They're homeless. They have no place to go. And in verse 15, it says, when the water was gone, she put the boy in the shade of a bush. Then she went and sat down by herself about a hundred yards away, said, I don't want to watch the boy die. She said, as she burst into tears, like as a mom, I cannot fathom how desperate you have to be to know your son's going to die and leave him there and not be able to watch it. And they had water and food, but I imagine as a parent, we would make sure our kids had water and food more portions than we did. And so as tired and worn down as Ishmael is, Hagar is probably just as much, if not more, tired and worn down and thirsty and hungry. So she's tired and she's hungry and she's thirsty. And it says yet again, God hears the cries and this time he hears Ishmael's cries. So Hagar's son, in another moment in the wilderness, in her pain, forgotten, isolated, alone, God shows up in the wilderness. It says in verse 17 in chapter 21, God heard the boy crying. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. 
Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God sees her again. God calls her by name again. God knows her. He calls her out of her fear and reminds her of the promise that he has given her and then shows up in the same way he did earlier. Remember the first time she ran away in the wilderness, there was a spring of water. And now in the wilderness, he presents to her a well of water. God is that intimate. And he shows up when the wilderness feels like it is overwhelming us, when it literally is just dragging us down with it, when we are scared and when we are fearful. And when we feel unknown and we are worn down and we feel isolated and we are broken and we feel like we just can't do any more of this, we can't take one more step, God meets us in the wilderness and reminds us of the promises he has given us. And he calls us by our name and he knows our stories and he doesn't leave us alone. And he provides for us in intimate ways because God is a God of romance. God is a God that provides and is near because he is good and it's in his character to be near. It is out of his character to be distant. And God is true to his character. He is close and he is near and he is good. Our wilderness feels really, really overwhelming right now. I don't know what all your wildernesses look like. And like we talked earlier, a lot of us are experiencing different losses in different, different ways. Some of you are in the medical field and you are constantly torn between going to work, calling off, or having to maybe quarantine yourself with your kids or feeling like you have to scrub down so much, but you're so scared you're going to bring something to your kids. You see it play out right before your face of what this virus is doing. Some of you, again, are unemployed. Sometimes your jobs are up in the air. You don't know. Maybe you're starting a new business and now you're faced with this wilderness. Maybe you're in the process of a new home and you can't do that now. Maybe you had trips and things planned. Maybe your wedding is postponed. Your graduation, your senior year is canceled. There are so many wildernesses right now that we are all experiencing. But our God is bigger than our wilderness. Our wilderness cannot outdo our God. He is good and his promises do not stop just because a coronavirus has entered in. It does not wipe out God's promises. God's promises will endure. And he is good now and he is good then and he will continue to be good. Our wilderness stink, but they are temporary and God's goodness is permanent. So let yourself feel feelings. Let yourself be honest before God. Feel everything you need to. He is not going to shy away from that. He knows your story already. It's okay to be angry and frustrated and fearful before him. He knows it. But then remind your wilderness of how good your God is. Remind your wilderness of how good his promises are. And remember what Hagar called the well. 
Beer Laha Roy. Elroy, the God who sees me. The God who sees me, the living one who sees me, the living one who sees you. Alone, broken, scared, angry, worried, concerned, content, grateful, enraged, frustrated, disappointed, let down, hurt, baffled, confused. Elroy, the living God who sees you in your wilderness and still has good promises for you. The wilderness will not outdo our God. Will you please pray with me? Jesus, you are good. You are good. You are good. You are good. And this wilderness is hard. Oh man, it's hard. There are moments, God, where I feel good and there are moments where I am scared and there are moments where I am angry. And our wildernesses are different. Our losses are different right now. But you, God, are still the same God of Hagar. You are that God to us. You meet us in the wilderness. You show up in an intimate way. and You remind us of your promise. You are that near. God, please just, just please just soak us in your peace. Envelop us in your peace, God. Just dip us in your peace. May we have peace right now. May we remember that you are still a good God with great promises. For those of you who are watching right now, maybe you don't know who this God of Hagar is. Maybe you've never experienced this. Maybe you've been curious. Maybe you're just bored and you're just watching. Let me tell you, God, the God of Hagar, Fast forward a few years, sent a son named Jesus to die for you. And he wants you to be in his family. He loves you so much. And he wants to give you grace, something that we don't deserve for our wrongdoings. And he took our place. And he wants you because he is in love with you. And he just wants a relationship with you. And all we have to do is present ourselves and follow him. So in the quietness of your heart at home, repeat these words if you are ready for a relationship with Jesus. Jesus, I am messy and I don't know about all this and I'm curious. But Jesus, I'm curious to know you and I want to follow you. I have done a lot of wrong stuff in my life and I ask Jesus that you forgive me, that you come into my life and be the leader of my life. I want to follow you, Jesus. I put my trust in you. Thank you for dying for me. I want to follow you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Hopefully we will get to connect soon in person. Like, I'm really hug deprived. I'm sure so many of you are. I mean, my kids are always all on me too, but um, I just, we miss each other. We miss people. We miss being around so many people. Like, we take that for granted. I think this is a great perspective shift. This is hard. This is hard. We can do hard things, but more than that, we, we serve a God who can handle all the hard things and not only can handle the hard things, but shows up in the hard things and promises us good things. So in your wilderness, remember, it cannot outdo your God and you are seen. Elroy, the living one who sees me, the God who sees me, who sees you. Bye, Crossroads. Stay safe, stay